0: waiting for, you're tuned in to Tapped Out, hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine, only on the BetQL Network. What's good in the neighborhood? I got some bad news for you betters, and I got some good news for you. What do you want? I'll give you the bad news. The bad news, that is if you're on the Seattle Seahawks, you're screwed like a light bulb. They're down 41 to 17 with 340 left in the game, so they're not going to cover that 9.5. The good news if you had Umar Namagomedov, who came in as a minus 1100 to win the fight, to finish the fight, he won quickly by knockout. And our next guest, handicapper Feezy F, you can follow him on Twitter, at Feezy Baby. underscore, joins the show. He was telling us during the break, that's what to put your money on, so the guy knows what he's talking about. But that one's over with. How about the top of the marquee tonight, Feezy? You got Sean Strickland taking on Nasardini Imovod. Which way you play in that one?
1: I got him you know, it was kind of a uh, kind of went left field when Calvin kind of got out of there. You know, we did all that preparation for that. And now you have Strickland, which is a total opposite fighter. So I had to go look back and just like see the previous fights, you know, see like how his cardio has been holding up. But the thing is, you really can't tell because it's been different scenarios. You know, his last fight, it was his debut. So you have those jitters. I think people off of that last fight too much when they're talking about his cardio you know you got to realize this is the first time he fought in front of his people you know that's even more pressure and he was giving buckley the work you know it it was it wasn't ass whooping plain plain and simple and strickland you know i just feel like umavov isn't a guy you could just take a fight on on a week's notice you know the guy he's physically larger you know i know he uh weighed in 10 pounds lighter than Strickland, but just from the face off, that didn't look like a 10 pound difference, you know, especially cause he's gonna go, I personally think he's gonna get into some grappling with Strickland just because he's gonna wanna tire him out. So I'm leaning, you I think he's gonna be able to get the finish here tonight. How surprised were you Feezy that the, you know, this became
2: a, a closer fight by the odds, even with the opponents, which cause he I think he was minus 200. Exactly. At, at, yeah against Kelvin and Sean's obviously we've just seen him, he's been in some high profile fights. The guy can definitely talk up a fight and people uh get fascinated by him, but that's still tough. You're about to go,
1: you know, on vacation and all of a sudden you're dropped into a main event. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I feel like just surreal in this camp, you know, those guys iron sharpens iron. If you're working with a guy like Surreal gun on a day to day basis, I believe you're ready for anyone in a week's notice.
0: And of course that brings us up to our next question which is surreal gone very well done there feasy surreal gone john jones it's not official yet could be by the end of the show i've got good word from good people that that is real so if you haven't heard the news it's been put out there in social media circles and there's a big posting on the side of t-mobile arena that we're going to see john jones back at 285 versus surreal gone let's say all that turns out to be true how do you see that fight going down because I think John goes down, man. I don't know how, but I like John.
1: Man, that, there's a lot of factors that play into that fight. You know, obviously the layoff is huge. You know, what has John Jones been doing in that two years? I know with social media and everything, it's easy to say like, hey, I've been in the gym. You know, I've been working. But it's like, hey, us here, we're not with him in a day-to-day basis. So who knows how serious he's been taking this move into heavyweight? Because another thing that I take account for, especially when I'm handicapping these older fighters, Sometimes the motivation just not that might not be there, you know? These guys are have plenty of money. You know, they have great sponsorships, some of them. But at the end of the day, it's John Jones. It could be. And, and real
0: quick, Feezy, let me cut you off real quick. And if you're John and you're unmotivated, then why come back? Like you said, you've got the money. So for a lot of guys, I understand what you're saying. Like, all right, what do these have you guys had to fight for? What's their age factor It all? in. But if yeah. you're John, you, you just hang it up if you're done.
1: You're the greatest of all yeah. time. I have a kind of a, not controversial, but I have an angle here. I think John's a super egotistical guy, you know? Whether John's ready or not to fight in heavyweight, I think he's going to take the fight just because leading up to like now, his whole career, he's been talking about, I'm moving up to heavyweight, I'm moving up to heavyweight. I believe whether he's ready or not, he has to go up there and fight, you know? And especially, with, that's what the fans want. And Surreal gone. Who else are you really gonna put on top of if it's not Francis Ngannou? Like really, you know. I mean, there's a few other guys, but John Jones is there. And personally, even though part of me thinks he isn't that motivated, I still think John Jones, half motivated, could whoop on a lot of people in the heavyweight division. So I'm rocking with John Jones. He hasn't failed me yet. He's not gonna fail me again. And Surreal Gunn, it's tough to bet on him, especially seeing what Francis did to him. You know, John is as great as it comes with wrestling. It's hard to kind of look back and say, like, okay, he's gonna do well against John's wrestling, especially because John's so versatile. And it's like you're not just worrying about that; you're worrying about the wrestling, clinch work, you're worrying about the strikes on top, strikes to the body, calf kicks. It's just the full package that I think Surreal Khan will eventually get there i think what we're gonna see here is a trilogy of my eyes with surreal gun winning the third fight in my opinion fizzy would this be
2: a fight that you would want to hop on john early because it feels like would you feel like as fight week leads up as more people see him we get a physical look at like things like that people like more money will pile on on him or do you feel like you know it's possible people believe that he you know know storylines can come up and and things like that like how 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 do you think it will it'll play as far as you know when the fight comes out officially to fight night
1: well if we were talking about a normal fighter i'd say you hop on it quick like khabib let's take khabib for instance which i put them neck and neck with each other i would hop on khabib as soon as the light opened up but when it comes to john you know you never know when the story is about to pop up that's fair and Let's say that you opened up and you hammered it at like a minus, I think it opened up at like minus 210, I believe. Yeah. Let's say you have that and um, a few weeks later, you find out he's in another incident with the police or something. How are you gonna feel? Which it's happened before, you know? So I just think with John, there's just too many, too many behind the scene things that I'm afraid of. I'm personally just gonna be, I'm gonna use him as a parlay piece. I'm not sure if I'm gonna go that heavy on him, just because it's two-year layoff. It's a real gun. He's the real deal. It's it's too much up in the air for me.
0: All right, let's go from the big dudes to the not as big of dudes. By the way, you can follow our Guest. He's an MMA handicapper at baby underscore on Twitter. Sugar Sean. So. O'Malley was told that he's going to fight for the belt next. I don't know if you felt that he beat Piotr Jan or not, but at this point it doesn't matter because the record says that he did. The yeah. latest news is that Aljamain Sterling is going to be out for a while, so let's say that it's Sean next fighting for the belt. Let's just I'll throw the name of it. Let's say it's Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera, part two. How do you see a fight like that going down? Like, is
1: Sean is Sean that good? Honestly, after seeing what he did to Peter Yan, it's hard to say he's not that good, you know? The guy, he's hes just showing everyone that he is levels above where we thought he was. Because I think I could speak from a lot of people, when they announced the fight with Peter Yan, I was all over Peter Yan. And I was like, okay, there's a bunch of ways this could play out. I don't see him lasting rounds with Peter Yan, especially at the level that we've seen Peter Yan go against like a Corey Sanhagen. O'Malley showed us he can, and he showed us that he's still dangerous in the fourth and fifth round. But now you have Cheeto Vero, which is arguably, if not the toughest, one of the toughest guys in the UFC roster right now. And one thing you can't take away from Cheeto is his confidence. The guy is so much confidence right now. He's had a great performances, and he has a win over him. That's huge. So I'm going to let the Lions reflect what side i'm on with this fight because i feel like if we could get cheeto at like a plus 150 range i'm all over that yeah i'm all over that that's a really close match i think people don't give cheeto as much credit as he should get as just like evolving as a fighter being more well-rounded you see him he has a chin he's fighting smart now he's really putting it together just like a champion would so if it's plus money at cheeto i'm all over that but if it's a close Let's say it's like Imava versus Strickland that we just had, where they both opened up at minus one ten. I'd probably lean with O'Malley. Fezzi, looking ahead to next week,
2: uh, UFC two eighty three. How do you look at this fourth fight between uh, figueredo and Moreno? You have, do you like the idea of having this much data on a fight with four fights? They've all gone different ways. This is a heated rivalry. Uh, who do you like and 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 how do you uh how have you broken this one down in the lead up to next week
1: this this one's really uh it's it's razor thin you know there's a reason why these guys have fought themselves so much you know because they're it just depends on the day but i think the important part here is just their camp situation i believe um the last time i heard Brandon was, wasn't training with Kraus anymore, which I play, I think plays a huge factor, you know, Kraus, whether you like him or hate him with all this new controversy, he's an amazing coach, he has fantastic game plans, and I think that's what you need against a guy like Figueroa. because if you don't come in with a game plan and your game plan is just, let's stand and bang and see who finally is the best guy, I, I don't think Brandon Moreno is going to last long, he's going to have to have a game plan and personally i think he's going to win i think he already knows that figueredo is more of a power puncher he's noticed that in one of the first fights. i believe the last fight they had they the wrong person won i personally had it for brandon and i think he could do it again he's just evolved as a fighter he's, he's more well-rounded now and the main important thing on this is he could control his demeanor and he could control himself in the cage. I feel like Figueredo is an amazing fighter. If he would just get a coach that could just tell him, hey, stop seeing red. You know, take your time.
0: Feezy, I love me some Islam Makachev. In fact, he's a friend of the show. He came on. He was eating lunch with Khabib and he joined us. He was a real cool guy. And I think he's great. I think he's everything he's cut out to be. And I actually said that if he got a chance to fight Oliveira, he'd be favored. And that ended up happening. We all know how that went down. That being said, he's not that much better than Alexander Volkanovski. Like, the odds are out for that one. Right now, Volk is the pound-for-pound pound
1: number one best fighter in yeah. the world, and you can get him as a 3-to-1 underdog. What's up? That's literally what we were just talking about before the show. I feel like now, with just the way sports betting has gotten so popular, the lines are ridiculous. You know, let's use as Javid his the latest fight right now. They were both minus 390. I mean, one of them was minus 390, the other one's 250. Like there's some fights that are even matched and the lines don't reflect that. Like you said, how can you be a three to one favorite against the pound for pound? It doesn't make sense. You know, it like, it just contradicts the whole pound for pound in my opinion. With that being said, if I could get Volkanovski at that money, which I had already, I already laid something on him. You gotta be insane not to. Just off what we saw in his previous fights, he's the man. The only thing that scares me here is just full, you know, um, body size. Islam is a monster. You know, we hear about it with guys in this training camp that say the guy just feels so heavy on top.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. It's played before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley cup final on ABC and ESPN plus begins Saturday.
1: It's going to be hard to get out of some submissions that Ortega had put them into when Islam's on top of you. I'll put it that way. So I, I just think it's too much for Volkanovsky physically, but you have to lay something on him because he's shown us time and time again, if you doubt this guy, he's going to figure something out last minute and take control of the fight and make it his fight. And that's something that we were hoping Charles did, but obviously he couldn't. Feezy, uh, getting back to uh, the
2: card next week uh, between Tochara and Jamal Hill, you know the the light heavyweight division is in a weird spot. We were talking about this at the open of the show. Um, Jamal's looked unstoppable, but Glover—I mean, Glover basically had the championship at the goal line the last time around, even though he's old as hell. That's like great. the guy's still the yeah. guy's still ticking, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. what do you
1: uh, what do you uh, think of this one coming up next week? I, I think uh, I think Glover might take it. You know, it, it might be one of those things where push too early. You know, I love Jamal. He's great. He's showing us he could do amazing things. But he had a tough going with Tiago. You know, if Tiago was in the same, if Glover was in the same position Tiago was, especially after seeing the war he had with Yuri, it's hard to say that he will just going to come in here and dominate. So I'm personally laying laying my money on Glover. He is Feezy F, MMA Handicapper, and now
0: friend of Tap Tau. Let's do it again soon, Feezy. You can follow him at Feezy F underscore on Twitter. Great stuff, my friend. And I tend to agree with a lot of the stuff that he was saying, BT, like especially when it comes to that Volkanovsky thing. Sometimes you just have to make a value bet. You don't need to know a whole lot more except, wait, one guy's the number one guy pound for pound. He's fighting another dude who's also a beast. You don't need to go into who they beat, where they beat him, how old are they? Too much information. Just you're going to give me three to one on that guy. You have to make the bet. It's a value bet. So I tend to agree with him there. Anyway, thanks again for joining us. Feezy, great stuff, my friend. Uh Coming up next, we're going to get into the news and notes of the week, including a couple of words that Sugar Sean O'Malley had for our own Brendan Tobin. That's right. we break it down next. You're locked into the Bet QL Network.